welcome to There's More to the Quote. I'm your host, Lauren, and together we will dig into the origins of our culture's most repeated quotes and how they inform the way we relate to ourselves and each other. Thank you for joining me for episode six of There's More to the Quote. Today, we're discussing the saying, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. As always, we're going to start off with a random quote of the day. Today's quote is, sis, we are not objects God throws in the path of men as they move towards greatness. We are human beings with feelings and emotions Deserving of respect and capable of greatness too, Candace Bimbo. Okay, so let's get into the podcast. So we all have heard one time or another, or we've said it ourselves, especially with performers, music, or even fashion, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. But where did this quote come from? What does it mean? I usually see it used as a response to something (laughs) a white person does that is usually seen as a part of black culture, be it hair, right? When the one time I think it was a magazine or something, they named cornrows. They said, Oh, boxer braids. And a particular white woman was wearing her hair braided to the back. And they're like, Oh, she has these amazing boxer braids. And it's like, those are cornrows. It's not new. But of course, also in just normal everyday life, people can be anywhere and say, hmm, that speech sounds like a speech I gave. Or even this restaurant tried to name their thing after this restaurant. They trying to copy off what they had. So in my experience, it always comes off as a positive kind of like, well, Yeah, they imitated me, they copied me, but that just means I'm good, right? You flip it to mean that, oh, this is just a representation of how great I am. But is that what the quote originally meant? Let's see. Let's let's get into my favorite part, the history. The year is 1824. (laughs) And a book was published called Lacan or... Many things in a few words addressed to those who think. Very long, very dramatic, right? Once again, the name of the book is called Lacan or Many Things in a Few Words Addressed to Those Who Think. Already, it's just like, (laughs) if you don't think, you can't read the book. I guess that's what he was saying. The book is written by Reverend Charles Caleb Colton. He was a cleric. He was a writer. And he wrote this book in 1824. I was a little confused because I said, okay, I understand many things in a few words make sense. I understand addressed to those who think. I understand that, but I didn't understand what Lacan meant. I'm like, is it Lacan, Lacone? What is it? So during my research, I found that it's not a real word. Lacan is not an actual word. I couldn't find it. But I did find something called a laconic phrase. So according to our lovely dictionary, a laconic phrase is a concise or brief statement, especially a blunt statement, right? And it is named after Laconia. It's a region in Greece that included the city of Sparta, 
whose ancient inhabitants had a reputation and they were very famous for their blunt yet brief remarks. So now his book title made sense to me. Many things in a few words, something very brief addressed to those who think, I don't know what that has to do with the bluntness, but so let me give you an example of what that could be, what that means, some history, some alleged history, who knows if it happens, but it's provocative. So we're going to go with it. Philip II of Macedon, he was the king from 359 to 336 BC. Uh, Alexander the Great's daddy, because I didn't know who Philip II of Macedon was. I, didn't, I don't remember that from history class, but we've all heard of Alexander the Great. So this is his father. So he was invading all over Greece, but there is a particular part of Greece called Laconia and it included the city of Sparta. He didn't conquer Sparta yet. And so, you know, he feeling good about himself. The brother feeling good. Well, I don't know if he was a brother, y'all. He was, he was from Greece and he was white. But he was feeling good about himself. And so getting real cocky. So he decided that before he was going to invade Laconia, he was going to send letters. So he decided to send a letter to Sparta, sent it to the leaders. And he stated, allegedly, if I invade Laconia, you will be destroyed. Never to rise again. I'm going to kill every man, woman, and child. I'm going to come through. Y'all not going to know what to do. He didn't say that part. I'm adding it. But that's pretty much what he said. He sent the letter off. And then the leaders of Sparta responded with the laconic phrase. And they said, if, period. That was it. That's all they said. They just said the word if <laughs> in the 2021 translation on the modern world, I would say they basically said, I would like to see you try or, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> like if I invade, I'm going to come through. Like he just talking like somebody write you a long paragraph and then somebody responds back. Okay. That's literally what they did. They're like, if <laughs> signed the leaders of Sparta. So apparently King Philip, you know, like most cocky people would do, really arrogant. He was like, well, I, I ain't even want to invade them anyway. Like that region is like real poor. It ain't nothing going on in Sparta. It ain't nothing going on in Laconia that's worth me fighting. So whatever. Basically, he was scared. <laughs> so he backed down. So let's go back to the quote. Now, the word flattery means excessive and insincere praise given especially to further one's own interest. So can you be sincere and flattering? Obviously, uh, Reverend Colton was using his laconic skills to be a little facetious. He was being shady. Now, he doesn't say why he created this phrase, this quote. Now, the book states the quote in a slightly very small different way. So it says imitation is the sincerest of flattery. And usually what we see today is imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So now if you Google this quote or you come across it on social media or on a t-shirt or a poster, sometimes you will see the quote attributed to Irish poet, playwright, Oscar Wilde. Now, Colton released his book in 1824, as I stated, 
He died in 1832. Oscar Wilde wasn't born until 1854. So <laughs> the quote survived, but Oscar Wilde did not say this quote. However, Oscar Wilde did actually add on to the quote. So the quote went from imitation is the sincerest of flattery to Oscar Wilde's version. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery that mediocrity can pay to greatness. <laughs> he had to put a little extra on it. But ironically today, Oscar's edition is knocked off. People usually don't say that extra part. They kind of take it back to what Colton said and they just keep the word form in there. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So I had a question. I was thinking like, well, shoot, would Colton, would he have felt some type of way about Oscar Wilde repurposing his quote, right? Oscar Wilde literally imitated him, took his quote, <laughs> added some extra on it. Would Colton have seen that as Oscar Wilde trying to further himself, being insincere? Once again, sincerest of flattery is that you cannot be sincere and flattering. In Colton's book, in the preface, he this is what he states. If indeed we can advance any propositions that are both true and new, these are indisputably our own by right of discovery. And if we can repeat what is old more briefly and brightly than others, this also becomes our own by right of conquest. I just have to say, it sounds very Columbus to me. I mean, it's just very colonizer energy. Um, but <laughs> this is such a colonizer's kind of statement. <laughs> like, I, ha I have something in my mind. It's new. It's mine by right of discovery. And then it goes on to say, but if it's something old, if I can take what is old and I can do it better, then now it's mine. So now I'm the owner of it. So honestly, Colton, I don't think he would care. I don't think he care. He would care that Oscar Wilde took what he did. Now, Oscar Wilde made the quote longer, which is kind of the opposite of a laconic phrase, because if you want to do something more briefly and brightly, then it's yours. So I guess technically Oscar Wilde didn't do it briefly and brightly. It's, you, you don't have to be mediocre to be imitating. The point is that you're imitating me so that you can make more money so that you can get your profile up. You're doing it for the clout. <laughs> That's the whole point. You're imitating me for the clout, not because you actually are just mediocre or not because you think I'm so great. It's because it's because you're trying to use me to further your own interests, which is, of course, what the word flattery means. So is the quote true? Yes, it's true. I believe it's true, right? Anybody can make a quote. And to make it even more distinguishable because some people might still think like, but wait a minute, this person was imitating it because they liked it. Let's take Instagram. Let's take social media. Let's take TikTok. And the TikTok Instagram challenges in the last few years, it really reminds me in the United States, at least of the black artist, uh, like Little Richard and all those back in the day that would have their songs stolen by the white artists. Like literally, you release the song, it's doing good on the quote unquote race charts. You know, we talked about race records in episode two. Black people like it and they're like, oh, this song is kind of good. We're just going to have the white artists record it and then they're going to go to the top. They're going to make money off a song that you wrote. And these social media challenges are almost exactly the same, right? We've heard about 
the girl, the young ladies, like the Renegade songs. So it was a song that came out called Lottery Renegade by K Camp. A lot of songs have challenges. So a teenager from Fayetteville, Miss Jalea Harmon, she decided Fayetteville, Georgia. She decided that she was going to do a dance to the song. And so she did the dance on Instagram. It got like um thousand views or maybe like 20,000, 30,000 views. She got some nice amount of views. But then another teenager who was a white teenager took the dance, attempted to do it. We don't talk about folks' kids, but she attempted to do the dance as well. And she blew up and it was an other uh, white teenagers who did the dances and they blew up. And then these girls got to go to different events and TV shows and they made money. They got deals and like sponsorships off of her dance. So they are the true definition of imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. They used her dance to further themselves. Literally, you're famous because of a black girl. Nothing you have done was from your own mind. You didn't even take her dance and make it better. In some cases, because you couldn't do it as well as she could, you modified it. You didn't even make it better. The only reason that these girls eventually were like, oh yeah, she can, Jalea can share the spotlight with us is because there were black people saying, wait a minute. Yeah, you never said that you created the dance, but you never said you didn't either. So you get to be on Jimmy Fallon and half the dances you're doing on Jimmy Fallon are by black girls. And then when people put a side by side of the original dance versus your dance, you didn't even try to like, they didn't really try to imitate it at all. They just did the bare minimum and used their cute whiteness to make money. And that's the problem. Now, if we flip to somebody like, let's say Aretha Franklin did Respect, that's the Otis Redding song. She covered it. Or I'm thinking about like James Brown or Michael Jackson. Everybody knows Michael Jackson. Love James Brown. So then it brings us to the conversation of imitation versus inspiration. Those are two different things. And so is someone being inspired or are they just imitating? And the imitating part is the more sinister (laughs) part. The inspiration is not. I would say that inspiration builds upon something. That's why I mentioned Aretha and Otis Redding. She's paying homage to Otis Redding, right? She's putting her spin on it. She's not trying to do his exact voice. Uh, Michael Jackson and James Brown. We all saw the Jackson 5 American Dream and baby, baby, I got that feeling. Like Michael Jackson trying to do James Brown's dances. But James Brown used to be doing the splits and, and a lot of stuff that Michael Jackson, when he got older, he didn't just take it and say, well, people love James Brown. So I might as well just do the same James Brown. No, he found different things that worked for him and then created his own signature style. And then even when he was older, he still said that like James Brown was the foundation, like inspiration gives you a foundation. And then you go on to do something else. And then you stand alone and that artist stands alone. It's not like Michael Jackson is better than James Brown. No, no, no. Those are two different artists and they stand alone, even though Michael was inspired by James Brown. Who knows? James Brown could have been inspired by the Nicholas Brothers or something, but he's not the Nicholas Brothers. They're who they are in their own right. And then you could say the same for my generation. That would be Beyonce. Once again, we know Beyonce loved Michael Jackson. Her performing style, as far as the energy, can be considered similar to Tina Turner. Well, that's because we know her daddy had them singing and running the hills and all that. Uh, 
<laughs> that so they could really so they can make sure that they could stand with people like Tina Turner and Michael Michael Jackson. And so I would say that Beyonce is Beyonce over the years has been accused of stealing. Like she done stole this and stole that. She's been accused of imitating <laughs> so she can pretend that she actually did it. Uh, I don't know, but I will say Beyonce is very inspired by someone like Michael Jackson. And you can see that. And Beyonce is a quintessential entertainer. She's trying to entertain you. And so for example, when I think of like, one of her older songs, I don't know if she still does this, but in her concert, she would do the song Flaws and All. And then she would cry or a tear would come down. Beyonce wasn't crying. She wasn't getting emotional about Jay-Z. <laughs> she was performing, right? And it reminds me of Michael Jackson. She's out of my life. One of those tours, I think it was a dangerous tour. One of those tours when he performs a song and then he's like, start crying at the end. Michael Jackson ain't crying. That's a part of the performance, right? So that would be an inspiration. I wouldn't say, well, Beyonce imitate Michael Jackson because he cried and then she cried. Like, no, she's inspired by it because it fits the song. And it looks absolutely nothing like what Michael Jackson did. They both cried, but two totally different things. Michael Jackson jumping out on the stage in the Super Bowl. Beyonce jumped out on the stage. It's kind of an homage, but then Beyonce put her own spin on it. So that's that imitation versus inspiration. Imitation sometimes be a little janky. <laughs> Little janky. But that inspiration, the artist can stand alone. Now, there's one more opinion about the whole imitator thing. And that is from another famous white man, <laughs> Ralph Waldo Emerson. And so he gave an address and he said, like, the imitator dooms himself to hopeless mediocrity. The inventor did it because it was natural to him. And so in him, it has a charm. And the imitator, something else is natural. And he bereaves himself of his own beauty to come short of another man's. And I guess that does make sense if we're going to go with the imitation word versus the inspiration. The, the person who is inspired can see what someone else did. And they, like I said, in my opinion, they build upon it and they add new things to it. So it make it fresh. They don't just do the same thing over and over because then it will be obvious. It'll be like, mm, you're not as good because when it comes time for you to do something new, you don't know how to do it because you're always doing what someone else did. Our author who created the quote originally, the quote for this episode. Now, he believed if you did it better, <laughs> then now it's yours. I don't agree with that. Just because you did a little spin better don't mean it's your spin. Uh, but of course, people are always going to have their opinions about who's better and who did this. We are all going to have our own opinion about who's better, who's an imitator, who's copying, who's being inspired. Those arguments will go on forever. Well, now is the time in our episode for resources. So for reading resources, I'm going to put Reverend Charles Caleb Colton's book, Lacan or Many Things in a Few Words, addressed to those who think. I'm going to put the book in the resources, if you want to read the book, um, and I'm also going to leave articles that talks about the viral dances that black young black people have been creating, but they haven't been receiving their props. They haven't been receiving their credit. I'm going to put an article about that as well. I'm also going to put as a visual resource, a link to when I said, if you put an original um, video next to some of the imitators, there's a specific, you know, person who was recently on Jimmy Fallon um, and somebody put all the dances she was doing 
the original version versus her version. I'm going to leave that link so you can see what I'm talking about. Now, what's funny is that after some of the backlash for a particular TikTok star appearing on Jimmy Fallon, the Jimmy Fallon show had all the black people or most of the black people. I'm not sure everybody was black, had them come on the show so they can do their original dances. But I suspect that that video won't get as many views as the video of the imitator. And obviously they only did it because of the backlash, but whatever. Happy for those young people getting their shine. So I've added these resources in the description of the podcast, but you can also see a list of them on more to the quote podcast.com. Well, that concludes our episode. And I hope you learned, questioned, and consider the things that I and the voices I amplified said surrounding today's quote. After doing those three things, I hope you come to your own confident conclusion. Don't forget to check out the reading and visual resources and subscribe to my podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and YouTube. And don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. I hope you'll join me next time for another episode of 